0: In less than a week's time, South Dakota denied two carbon capture pipeline companies a permit to construct many miles of pipeline through their state, throwing proposed multi-state projects into turmoil. We'll look at the specifics and discuss how you can protect property rights in your community in today's analysis behind the news. If you're concerned about American independence and freedom, then please watch and take the recommended actions. Also, be sure to like, share, and subscribe so we can break through big tech censorship and reach many others. The New American reported this week, on Monday, the Public Utilities Commission, PUC, unanimously denied Summit Carbon Solutions' application for a state permit to install a carbon capture pipeline across central and eastern South Dakota. The motion came from the PUC's lead staff attorney, Kristen Edwards, who maintained that Summit could not meet pipeline moratorium and setback ordinances passed in four counties. Let's keep in mind that this is the same state that a judge had allowed Summit Carbon Solutions, the pipeline company seeking the permit, to trespass and vandalize parts of Jared Bosley's property under the guise of doing a survey. The survey involved a drilling rig punching two test wells at least 90 feet into his land, trampling and destroying parts of his crops and small trees that he and his children had planted. While far from over, the battle has caused great concern among those farmers who have decided that they do not want to grant easements to Summit. More than 80 of them are currently being sued in eminent domain court proceedings by Summit. Mr. Bosley reacted to the latest denial with hope. He said, the people's voice has been heard. It was a good day here in South Dakota. You're either a patriot or a communist. There's no in between anymore. Us Americans, were patriots. We gotta stand together because it's time to take this nation back one little win at a time. Well, this little win comes because four counties out of a total of 66 counties decided to protect the property rights of their citizens. As the new American pointed out, South Dakota law requires that transmission projects adhere to all state and local requirements. Summit says in their lawsuits that federal law trumps state and local. And unfortunately, some counties across the Midwest and Plain states have fallen victim to this falsehood. Instead of taking a stand in protecting property rights, many ignore or are unaware of their duty to protect their constituents. In a rather brazen and arrogant statement, the lead lawyer for Summit said at Monday's hearing that they have 72 to 73% of landowners along their proposed route that have signed easements and then insinuated that 50 plus 1 should be enough to move the project forward, essentially overruling the rest of the landowners. While the Founding Fathers did not set up a 50 plus 1 majority to govern society, A 50 plus one majority is democracy, otherwise known as majority rule or mob rule. James Madison, father of the Constitution, described democracy. He wrote, a common passion or interest will be felt by a majority, and there is nothing to check the inducements to sacrifice the weaker party. While Robert Walsh, founder of the John Birch Society, extensively wrote about the difference between republics and democracies. He delivered a speech in 1961 that has become the seminal reference in establishing that the two words are opposites of one another and should never be used interchangeably. In it, he quotes Seneca, an early Roman senator, who said, democracy is more cruel than wars or tyrants. Mr. Welch further wrote, When our founding fathers established a republic in the hope, as Benjamin Franklin said, that we could keep it, and when they guaranteed to every state within that republic a republican form of government, they well knew the significance of the terms they were using and were doing all in their power to make the feature of government signified by those terms as permanent as possible. They also knew very well indeed the meaning of the word democracy and the history of democracies and they were deliberately doing everything in their power to avoid for their own times and to prevent for the future the evils of a democracy. He pointed to quotes from the Founding Fathers that proved his case. Alexander Hamilton said, We are a Republican government. Real liberty is never found in despotism or in the extremes of democracy. Samuel Adams warned, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy that did not commit suicide. James Madison, one of the members of the convention who were charged with drawing up our Constitution, wrote as follows, democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have ever been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. Can it get any clearer than that? Look at the direct mention of property rights in his quote once again. Democracies have ever been found incompatible with the rights of property. Summit demonstrates this quite well. If it were up to them, their majority would trample the rights of the minority. Yet the republic form of government, as guaranteed to every state according to Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, protects the minority from the whims of the majority. As Arthur Thompson has written for an upcoming addendum on his property rights book, eminent domain can be a necessary thing, but the potential for its misuse is high. Only by being involved in your local political activities can you have enough influence to make sure that such procedures do not get out of hand. By being involved. That was the main point made at last weekend's annual JBS Leadership Conference held in Des Moines, Iowa. On Saturday morning, we held a panel of individuals involved in fighting these proposed carbon capture pipelines, including an Iowa farmer, an Iowa county commissioner, an Iowa attorney and landowner, a Nebraska rancher, and the GBS field coordinator for the area. Former Congressman Steve King also spoke on efforts to protect property rights. Steve Kankel, the Iowa county commissioner on the panel and chairman of his county board, said that after Shelby County enacted setbacks to protect constituents, Summit promptly sued the county. According to the Des Moines Register, Shelby's ordinance required that hazardous liquid pipelines be at least two miles from a city's limits a half-mile from churches, schools, nursing homes, long-term care facilities and hospitals, a quarter-mile from public parks and recreation areas, and 1,000 feet from occupied buildings, livestock confinements, electric generation and transmission equipment, and drinking water and wastewater treatment plants. A judge has temporarily stayed enforcement enforcements of the restrictions. The judge wrote, State and local agencies could not regulate safety matters, and that, Common sense suggests that these restrictions would eliminate all or almost all land in Shelby County on which an Iowa Utilities Board approved pipeline could be built. This creates a serious possibility the IUB would approve the construction of the pipeline, but Summit would be unable to build because it could not comply with the requirements of the ordinance. Yes, Judge, that's the sovereignty of a county body, as Summit has found out in South Dakota. Those closest to the people should be able to protect the people. Yet the governor-appointed three-person Iowa Utilities Board has been granted legislative and judicial power that threatens to trample the property rights of many landowners. However, as Mr. Kinkle pointed out in an interview with the New American TV, in the 1950s, the Iowa State Legislature gave control of land use and zoning authority to cities municipalities, and counties. Shelby County has since appealed the ruling and believes it will win on federal appeal. Let's point out something that is important. In South Dakota, the Public Utilities Commission is an elected body. Again, in Iowa, the Utilities Board is appointed. No doubt you already noticed a big difference between the two, accountability. The elected board is much more accountable to voters than the appointed body. The appointed body is much more likely to give in to political pressure by the governor or the political party that got them in there. It's just another layer of accountability that should be protecting the rights of its people and not working against them. For landowners caught in the web of these carbon capture pipelines, our conference made it clear that efforts to stop these rights violations must be organized. An organized effort to educate the electorate about the dangers and what they can do about it and an organized effort to direct elected officials to protect the rights of citizens will only be able to long-term stop usurpations of power and rights. The John Birch Society offers just such an organization that is organized at the grassroots level, helping local communities protect God-given rights, freedom, and independence. We offer understanding of the bigger picture and why these pipelines are happening and how they can use certain educational tactics to stop them including at the county, state, and federal levels. As South Dakota has demonstrated, counties can have tremendous power. Supervisor Kenkel suggested approaching your county board even before a carbon capture pipeline comes up, which gives them an opportunity to check that their ordinances address any potential issues ahead of time and protect landowners. Educate them on the dangers of carbon capture pipelines, the threat to property rights, and offer examples of county ordinances that others have used. Supervisor Kinkle also suggested a 12-step checklist for county supervisors who are currently dealing with these pipelines. One, hire an experienced utility pipeline attorney from your state. Two, implement a revised land use and zoning ordinance. Three, revise or implement a road crossing permit. Four, organize an intervention team of counties. Five, Hire an experienced pipeline inspector to protect landowners during the construction phase. Six, document your interactions with pipeline personnel, including time and day. Seven, communicate with local utilities and let them know of the possibility of a pipeline. Eight, contact your cities, they may not know about it. Nine, make sure your local emergency management association is aware and can make plans. Ten, hold public information meetings to educate landowners and let them know of their rights. 11, update your board at every meeting. And 12, get your economic development director involved. The link to his interview is in the video description. He'll explain more about each of these steps. The more you know about this process, the more you'll know when and where you can make an impact. Don't wait until your land is facing an eminent domain threat. Take steps today to learn more, tell others, and take action. County sheriffs and other elected county officials can certainly protect rights of constituents by interposing to nullify any unconstitutional orders, edicts, or laws. The wins in South Dakota also give them time to work at the state legislative level, too, for 2024. The educational foundation that was beginning to be built can be strengthened and used for progress. Keep in mind that the South Dakota House passed it, but fell flat in the Senate with Republicans killing the bill and committee that would have strengthened property rights. This also happened in Iowa. Visit our Stop the War on Farmers page at JBS.org for more resources. Then share the interview and related pipeline news and victories with your county supervisors. All links are in the video description. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society. Until next time, learn more and take action.